How can private sector and government investments in youth sports development benefit South Africa's economy? Today, we hear from Brad Bing, founder and managing director of Sporting Chance, an NGO focused on youth sports development and health education in South Africa. Brad, thanks for joining us. Could you start off by telling us a little bit about Sporting Chance and what you do? No, certainly. Uh, uh, well, first of all, thank you very much for accepting the invite to Biz News. I appreciate it. Um, Sporting Chance started uh, 33 years ago in 1990 as a means to offer children throughout South Africa the opportunity to play sport in a, um, in a, in a structured and professional environment. And subsequently, 33 years later, we worked with tens of thousands of children throughout South Africa. And um, with idea subsequently now to not only do sport and uh, sport coaching and development, but to also bringing through the health education sector. So we've we've obviously evolved over the years, and sport is just it's in my blood, and it's one of those uh, programs or uh, organisations that I just love being involved with, even if I did start it myself. You know. So you wrote an article about the need for more corporates and governments' investments in youth sports developments and how that investment can benefit the economy. Um, when I think of, of bettering the economy, sports developments isn't necessarily the first thing that comes to my mind, but how could this investment help SA's economy? You know, one of the things I keep talking to South Africa sport about is the fact that the greater and more successful our sporting codes are, the more people want to play against it. And the more people that want to play against the sporting codes, and I'm not just talking about rugby or cricket or possibly soccer or, rug or hockey, whatever the case is, or netball. I'm talking about the Olympic sports of athletics and swimming and water polo and everything else that goes with it. And the, the more successful we are as South Africans in the sports fields, the more teams want to play against South Africa. And the more teams that want to play against South Africa mean that more tours will take place to South Africa. And with tours comes... Uh, investment and investment into infrastructure. Not only that, you've got people flying to this country. They need to be accommodated. They need there needs to be security. You need somebody who's going to be serving the um, at the front desk of a hotel. Somebody who's who's doing the the businesses in the hotel. The, the Uber drivers, the taxi drivers. So not only are we going to benefit on the sports field, but the whole society benefits because of that. Just imagine if we could hold. And Olympic Games in South Africa, how our structure and our infrastructure of our roads, as we saw in the 2010 World Cup, how that would improve. So that is why I talk about uh, how the better our sporting teams are, the greater our economy will be. And I think that the quicker we can move away from South African sport relying on, especially grassroots level, lying, relying on uh, CSI money, which is a compelled money spend to spend in South Africa on whatever you choose, Marketing money's got to go into it because if we can get our youth coming through at such a, an incredible amount, and, and we know how much raw and natural talent we've got in this country, if we can get our teens coming through and participating and, on a greater scale and more competitively, more tours will come to South Africa, the greater our economy and more job creation will be created. So to me, I see it as a no-brainer. I just see it as simply... Government have got to invest into grassroots to make sure that our national teams perform and in order for them to perform greater income into the country. Uh, and so, so governments have engaged with, with youth sports development to a certain extent previously, but where do you think those investments have gone wrong and, and where should they be targeting their investments? 
You know, I think what happened in, in 1990 when we all unified in South Africa and, and um, the big emphasis was on uh, running programs to showcase what could happen in South Africa. So, for example, um, we would run a, a cricket coaching program and we'd bring out the likes of the Brian Laras of this world, etc. And we'd create such enormous interest in sport, and especially in those days in cricket, because we had Ali Bafta running the programs and Kaya Lajola. And you had a situation where, okay, and then all the kids would come down, all the coaches would be trained up, and then they leave. And then what you do in actual fact, what I used to find was that PR opportunity was, was lost because there was no nothing sustainable going forward. So the way we've got to do it, Patrick, is very simple is we've got to invest into facilities within our communities. The only hiccup comes in is if you if invest into facilities, you've got to make sure that there's security at that facility to make sure that that facility is maintained. Because if you once you put the facility in, if it's not if you do not have security there, that that facility will be cleaned out within a week, and that is the concern we've got. But again, getting back to my point about about uh, grassroots. It is vital that our, our, our structures are put in place at grassroots level. And I'm not talking about your affluent schools because they, they've got an incredible um, infrastructure within the school system. And that is why we are so lucky in South Africa that we have got such a brilliant school system. And that is what keeps us competitive on a global stage. But we've got to make sure that our, our infrastructure is right within our communities. Our coaching is diabolical within those communities. And unfortunately... Uh, equipment has become too expensive. So if you're a young child who can, either can uh, well, a, a parent who can't afford to pay school fees or struggling to pay school fees, you're not going to go and spend 10,000 rand on a hockey stick or a cricket bat. So we've got to make sure that when we run our programs in South Africa, we target the right communities that are going to give us a return on our money in order to make sure that we produce the best sportsmen, which eventually makes us world champions and everyone wants to tour our country, which improves our economy and creates more jobs. I see it as a very simple process. And beyond just the, the, those children that go on to be the sports people and, and go on to um, compete at the Olympics or play for the, the pro tiers or the Springboks, just generally you've worked in youth sports development for 30 years. How important is exercise sports? How important is it for kids to have that? Oh, it's absolutely vital. I mean, one of the saddest things for me was I did a radio interview in 1999 as government was disinvesting into what we call uh, non-exam subjects in the curriculum. And one of those non-exam subjects was LO, well, phys ed, as was what, what, what I grew up with. Phys ed was we did it twice a week. Even if you didn't like it, you had no option but to do it. And we've taken that out and we've replaced it with a part of the curriculum is LO, which is more of a theoretical side to uh, leading a healthy and active lifestyle than actual learning how to actually be practical in, in uh, doing it. And that is my concern. So to me, I, I, uh, I just, I, I, we've got to get phys ed back into the schools. And, and the reason why you'll see all our, most of our top sports people coming out of the former Model C of private education in our country is because they've got access to the facilities, they've got access to equipment, and they've got access to professional structured coaching. Now, if those three components aren't aligned, you will never produce a sporting personality out of any community in the world. And that come, doesn't come from me just saying, 
uh, we've done our research on, on it, and and that came from when we did the health of the nation health of the nation research throughout South Africa. We tested ten and a half thousand subjects, and a subject being a child, on upper body strength, on explosive power, on on agility, on everything, uh, weight, height, etc. And we, as a country, have got incredible natural talent and um, and flair in this country. It's how we harness it to take it forward. But to answer your question with regards to health and hygiene, it's absolutely vital that South African children understand the importance of learning how to be healthy and active. And that is why we've created a program that has been sponsored by Disney International, where we go into schools and we educate them along the, the, the lifestyle patterns of what to eat, what not to eat, your proteins, your, your fats, etc., etc. So we'll be working with around about 35,000, 40,000 children this year just in schools alone, subsidizing the already uh, the curriculum that those children are already doing. So if you were to just provide maybe a 10-step plan just to optimize this enormous talent pool that we have in South Africa, what would the, the, the first steps that you take, what would those be and, and what steps would you take after that? The first, the first steps I would take is to find the right people in the right communities who are actually passionate about sport. That's the first step I'd, I'd take. I'd set up a, 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 a task team to say, right, we've got to find the right people, the right coaches, and what structure are we going to have? So what are we going to do at grassroots level in, at sport in South Africa? How do we take the children from grassroots level to the next level? Is it through the school system? Is it through the club system? If it's through the school system and our schools are already working Keep maintaining that and making sure that they don't collapse. If it's through the club system and we and our club system is weak, how do we how do we manage the club system to make sure that the club system actually caters for those people coming through? Then the next tier you've got to make sure that is is successful is your is your is your provincial setup. Your provincial setup, unfortunately, is politically motivated in this country. There are too many people involved at administrative level that are administrating for their own good rather than the good of the sport. And then you've got to make sure that when the children or when the, the, the participants get to an international level, we've got to have the most incredible systems in place that can cater for them. And we've got those people in this country. I mean, you just got to go to seminars and listen to people talking about how we produced a, a sporting personality out of nothing. I mean, Josiah Togwani won the 1996 Atlanta Olympic Games. He won it from nowhere. And in the last 27 years, we haven't had one South African athlete in a marathon coming out of the Olympic Games or, or in the top 10. And yet we've got the Comrades and we've got the Two Oceans and we've got the Cape Town Marathons and Marathons all over the South Africa. How can we not be competing in the top five with the uh, top athletes in the world on a, on a, at the Olympic Games? It's just absurd to think that that, that is one example I'm using of where I think that we've fallen behind. I look at our I look at our swimmers. They 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 don't have money, but wow, are they dedicated and have they put South Africa on the map from a swimming point of view? I look at our our rugby team. I mean, what what they've achieved and how they've transformed themselves and how we've taken rugby forward in this country is fantastic. But that again comes from leadership, and the leadership there is Rusty Erasmus. You don't have to be a wizard to work out that there was great concern amongst Australians and the All Blacks at one stage and the rest of the world that our rugby team wasn't going to be good enough to compete on an international stage. But we had one individual who took the bull by the horns and said, we're going to turn South African rugby around. And that's the type of thing we need. So you need the right personnel 
to put the right strategy in place. And once you've got the right strategy, a structure is vital and we've got the people to do it. It's just a matter of do we actually want to do it and who's going to actually run that. And then beyond the benefits for the sports people themselves, for the economy, you look at the Rugby World Cup going on at the moment, the Cricket World Cup, how that unifies South Africa when South African teams do well. Could you comment on, on that sort of social impact of sports on the country? Patrick, man, it goes back to the first situation or the first point I made is the greater, the more successful our teams are, the more people want to tour South Africa. The more tours come to South Africa, the more people spend money. So if, if our teams are, well, are doing well and the national psyche is at a huge high, the more people go out and have dinners, the more they socialize, the more they go and have, buy a few beers and refreshments, the more that they will, they feel good about themselves. The more people feel good about themselves, the more successful they're going to be. So the national psyche, this is where the, the, the rugby players have got it right. And, um, is absolutely brilliant is they realize the importance of being successful on the rugby field because they're representing 62 million people now back in South Africa. And that is vital that, that our teams do well. And we've got, by the way, we've got so much talent in this country and natural talent, Patrick. You've got to understand that everyone complains about us exporting cricketers to New Zealand or the rugby players to Australia and cricketers to, and hockey players and swimmers and whoever throughout the world. And check how well we still perform at an international level. We've got an abundance of talent. It's how do we take that talent, how do we nurture it and take it forward that's so important. And we've got the scientific knowledge, we've got the intellectual capabilities, we've got the, the, the people to run it. It's just a matter, I just feel that South Africa keeps underselling itself as a, a top, top, top sporting nation. And we're not just talking about rugby cricket, we're talking about hockey, we're talking about netball. We're talking about soccer. I mean, there's no way Bafana Bafana should be lying in 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 the, closer to a hundred than they are to to zero in South Africa in, in the world. We should be in the top five in Africa, if not the top ten in the world, with the amount of talent we've got and the infrastructure we've got in this country. You concluded your piece with a a, a comment on the, this idea of transformation and the the lack of swift progress made in this regard. Could you explain this concept of transformation in sports and how we can achieve it in the country? Well, first of all, I don't subscribe to the quota system, Patrick. I think it's an absolute embarrassment to uh, I, I, I use, if I can throw out names, like your Brian Banners and your Herschel Gibbses and your Hashim Amlers and your guys in the netball teams, your Pumza Mawenis, for them to be regarded still 33 years later as being regarded as quota players. I think it's absolutely absurd. With regards to transformation, that is huge in this country. You don't have to be a wizard to work out. We've just had the, the stats released for the amount of people in South Africa and the amount of people that are, are, are on a greater scale of, from, from a black African point of view. We've got, to, we've got to make sure that those individuals are given access to sporting facilities and equipment and the right coaching. Could you imagine if only... Six or seven percent of our population, let's call it ten percent as a round number, have got access to the facilities and the equipment and the professional uh, uh, coaching I talk about. And we still produce like you can't believe. Just imagine if we could get the other 90 percent of South Africa participating in organized sport. How fantastic we would be. In actual fact, we'd end up like the Americans competing against ourselves for the World Cup. 
And that's, you know, my logic is, wow, we've just got to keep making sure that transformation happens without compromising the professional standards that is expected on a global stage. Brad Bing is the founder and managing director of Sporting Chance. And I'm Patrick Kitt for biznews.com.